Appreciate you tuning in to We Are Just Christians. Hope you can stay with us for this hour. We're going to be on until 10 o'clock here with a live call-in show about spiritual matters, anything that's on your mind. We Are Just Christians is about bringing first century Christianity from the New Testament into the world today, showing it how it works, how to do that, what it means, what the Bible says about the issues going on around us, both in our society and in our personal lives. And that's what We Are Just Christians is about, so that you can be, learn to be, just a Christian, not part of some human denomination, not bound up by the traditions of men or by the thinking of the world around us, but be just a Christian. So that's what this show is about, and I'm going to give you the contact info in just a moment. We even have a website, the church does here, which is wearejustchristians.com. We're going to invite you to take a look at that, wearejustchristians.com. You'll have a lot of information there about this show podcasts and so forth, a lot of other information on that website, wearejustchristians.com. But let me get, tell you how to get a hold of us. Several ways, one, the best way we think is for you to call in live here. You can reach us by the usual call-in number for WPSL, which is 772-340-1590, 772-340-1590 is the regular number, or you can, and we, if you call in there, Ray there at the station will will patch you right through to us. We can have a conversation. I was just thinking about us going on TV. Oh, yeah. Well, I just, <laughs> I just tried to pick up a paper, drop it on the floor. I'm rummaging around here. you know. It's, and, and I'm sitting over here chuckling, watching yeah, Mike Frady's going to fall out of the chair. You know, but it's, it's like my <laughs> boss said, my first job at Burger Chef, hire the handicapped. They're fun to watch. That was his <laughs> comment about me, watching me stumble around the restaurant, uh, around – deep fat fryers and hot burners and all that. He was kind of fun, I suppose. But anyway, I've made it through life. I've, Gary, I was out in the sun the other day, and I got hands got kind of burnt or tan, and I looked at my hands and knuckles, and a lot of had a lot of white spots all over, white places all over. You know what that is, don't you? Scar, scar tissue Okay. from getting ripped up and cut up because yep. that's just how life is. But anyway, you can reach us, 772-340-1590. Here in WPSL, Ray, I was going to tell you, Ray will put you through to us. And you can ask your question or make your comment about whatever is on your mind. We'll try to give you a Bible, Bible scriptures or some kind of scriptures that relate to that. If we can, if not, we'll tell you so. And we can have a conversation about that. If you agree with us, fine. If you don't agree, that's great. We may not agree with you. We're going to talk about that. And we're not here to bait you or embarrass you in any way. So we're going to give you the last word when you call in. If you want to talk to us, particularly if you disagree, and we want to encourage you to call in if you disagree. This show isn't just about calling in because you agree with us. If you disagree or think we're maybe we're off base, you can you can state that, and we'd be glad to talk with you about that. In fact, I, in fact, I think we're going to talk today about Gary about uh, someone who disagrees with us. So right, <laughs> that's fine. We, we that makes it interesting and enjoyable, and we can all learn something. And all well, that's that's, what that's this the show's whole about. It's learning. Uh, it's sincerely trying to learn. Uh, what the will of God is in our well, life. Well, that's what it's all about. And exactly. that's, that's where I was. Actually, when I opened this can of worms last week, um, basically that's what I was getting at was we need to consider all the scripture and what it says. We may not have complete understanding of it, but we, we learn more and more things as we see and understand the application of different scriptures. Right. And, and, and so we're going to take a look at, uh, you know, a couple of those, a couple of subjects today that people may or may not agree with. Uh, and it's obvious, obviously we did have someone that didn't agree. But let me tell you, let me finish telling you how to get a hold of us. If, you, if Some people prefer to text us. It's easier than email, uh, I mean, than phone calls to text us. If you want to text us, there's two numbers. One is mine, one is Gary's. Mike's number is 772-260-6120. 772-260-6120 is my number. You can text during the show or during the week. That's fine. Uh, and then Gary's phone number is 772-260-6220 is Gary's number. And you can reach us, as I said, during the show or in time during the week. 
and we'll try to respond if we can. Can't make any promise about texting. Sometimes we can we can work your text into the show, or we can even respond back to you. Or if you text us during the week, we'll try to respond to that, and maybe we can have a conversation that way. You can also reach us by email. We talk about we get emails from time to time. We talk about those on the show, and that email is very simple: just Christians at att.net. Just Christians at att.net. Well, there's other ways to listen to the show. If you can't listen live on the air here on WPSL on the radio, you can listen uh, by going to WPSL.com, hit the Listen Live button, and you can go to the show. You can go, go to TuneIn Radio and the TuneIn Radio app. I think you can do that on your computer or on your phone. All the Alexa devices and Google Chrome all have links to uh, 1590 WPSL. I think it is. Uh, you can go right there and get the show. Or you can get the podcast later in the week or any other time. We have people that listen to the podcast gone all back to the beginning of this show years ago. We've been doing this, I don't know, almost 10 years probably, Gary, haven't we? Something Pretty like close. And, Pretty close. And so there's all those shows. That's four or 500 shows. I need to figure out how many episodes that is, Gary. But um, we can uh, take a look at those. You can get all those if we've had a recording. In some weeks we can't for various reasons. But that's it. WeAreJustChristians.com. We are just. Well, I, I'd say on the average, we probably do fifty shows a year. Yeah, sure. Sometimes well, we, we have, have, to, have to have recordings. Sometimes, yeah. right? And sometimes those recordings get repeated, but very rarely. Yeah, and sometimes the recording doesn't work. Uh, technical <laughs> reasons, it just doesn't come out good. I've had them where I just had to give up. I've tried to make them suitable to be on the air, and because of some technical problem, feedback, whatever, doesn't work. So you're going to have some of those missing. Uh, but in any event, you can still get most of these radio shows and the sermons that we preach here on Sunday mornings. Mm, I'm going to say between 35 and 50 minutes average. You can get all kinds of subjects for many years going back at wearejustchristians.com to listen to those. And then it will stimulate your thought. I'm sure you won't agree with everything, but I challenge you to, to take a look at the scriptures we give you in those sermons. and. And learn something from that, and to try to learn how to be uh, just a Christian. And, well, Jesus uh, says the word that He has spoken is going to judge us in the last day, and that's why we're here. We want everybody to understand God's word. Uh, Mike, I, I keep saying this over and over again. I hope our listeners don't miss out on the fact that whatever we say, it's not us that people are going to answer to on the judgment yeah. day. It's going to be the Lord and sure. what He said. Yeah, it, and so that's the thing we want you to do. That's why we keep pointing you to take a look at the verses. That, and I get, I've said it, used to say it more often, that get a piece of paper and a pencil so you can write some of these things down and write the scriptures down at least. When you, if you were to come here to our worship assembly, which we, of course, cordially invite you to come to our services, if you want to come even now, we, we have masks if you want to wear a mask. And we try to be, separate, you know, distance we try to social distance and so forth and all those kind of things. But you're welcome to come at 10 o'clock this morning for a Bible class or 11. And, and you can even watch us on a live stream uh, on Zoom at Savona Church at Zoom. You can look it up and uh, we'll be, we have a live stream of the service. But any point I was trying to make about that is what you see happening is you'll see on the screen above me, you'll see the scriptures that we're using. You can read it for yourself. And you can turn it in your Bible, read it yourself, or read it there. You can follow along, and you, you can use your mind to understand what God wrote. That's what it's about. And you'll even see some of the members taking notes and, sure. and writing scriptures they're, down. They're going to go home, and as they did, as the Thessalon, uh, Thessalonians did, or excuse me, the Bereans did, did. In, in Acts 17. When Paul came there, they looked at what he, listened to what he said, and they went and read the scriptures. That says they searched the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And that Paul called them noble for doing that. Not, not, he didn't take it as an offense because they tried to understand and check out what he was saying. So we encourage you to do that. But anyway, uh, that's how you get hold of us, 772-260-6120 is a text number, 6220 is a text number, or call in right now, 772-340-1590. You don't have to have some brilliant thing to say. Call us and ask us a question. Tell us an experience you've had uh, about religion or God or anything like that that you would like us to comment about or like an opinion about something you've heard or said or something that's happened to you, good or bad, and we'd be glad to. Or something's on the news that you want to know. Does the Bible say anything about that? Or what? How would you? Re how would we react to those things? Then we'll take a look and see 
what we think about that. In any event, that's the gist of um, uh, the beginning of the show. Now, last week, Gary brought up the subject of heaven. Yeah, I'm uh, the under the subject, under the guise of what? How do we interpret some of these Bible passages about heaven? Right, Gary? How, how well, basically, I had listened to one of the uh, televangelists, and he had been talking about, you know, heaven's like this, and this is what we're going to do in heaven. This is what we're going to be like in heaven, and all this. And I'm sitting there thinking, where in the scripture does it say that? That's that's what came to my mind. Where in the scripture does it say that? Mm-hmm. And I started trying to figure out, and a lot of the points he made, basically, Mike, I just came up dry. Couldn't find what he Couldn't was saying. Couldn't find, right. And so Didn't agree with his, his right. use of that scripture particularly. Yes. Yeah. And so in, in what I've been trying to do here with the show and with a lot of the other teaching that I do here from time to time is, is I want people to look at the scripture and to understand how to look at the scripture. Basically, the Bible... While it, it's a book that's very understandable, it, it's it's done in a different way than what we read novels and textbooks, and so it it takes some understanding, I think, to to basically know how to compare and 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 look at scriptures. And basically, I've read a lot of books and and seen a lot of things, you know, that people have tried interpretation. Some I agree with, some I don't. But the Bible is a little bit more complex than just dry reading and coming up with what it means and so we and it's and, not it's and in not particular an encyclopedia we, or a textbook is right it? it's not That's an encyclopedia or a textbook everything is not kind of grouped together so you get everything the, the information about different subjects are spread throughout the text across the, from the beginning to the end and we have to learn how to uh, index those in our mind and, and how to bring them together and compare them and sometimes that's not as particularly easy as we would like it to be. Though Paul does say, and I keep I keep reminding people of this, as you do, Mike, that in the Ephesian letter he wrote them and said, here it is, I wrote you this so you can read it and understand it. Right. And, and it's meant to be can, read. It can be understood. And it can be understood. And it's meant to be read and understood. And there are passages where he tells them, the letters he wrote to one church, take them to another and read them there. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about that in my sermon this morning. Yes. And, and so, he intended for that to happen. And he, he intended inti- for those letters right. to be circulated among all the churches. And, and, and the indication is that the Bereans searched the scriptures daily to see that doesn't mean they just looked in one place. They, they looked at all of the scriptures, I believe, to see what Paul was saying was true. And that's what we have to do. And so that's that's where I was coming from when I opened up the subject. And there are some scriptures that I think, unfortunately, I think uh, some of our listeners may have missed our point. I might put it bluntly, I, I think that happened. That basically what we're saying is there are more scriptures than just a few that uh, are classically taught, such as, such as 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about what, what we're going to be like. And kind of give us little clues as to some things that may or may not be. Now, I'm going to say that this, this is my point. We do not know explicitly what our attitudes and thoughts and what our bodies are going to be exactly like on the other side of this life. Scripture does not give us a complete, explicit picture uh, to the degree that we would like to know. That's my view. Right. Uh, and I don't even know if God could give us that view of what heaven is going to be like, if he, even if he, because we're not capable right now, given our earthly limitations, physical limitations, of understanding what he wrote. And, and some of the objections were basically that if we remember bad things, how can we possibly be happy in heaven? You know, the question comes up, is God going to wipe our memories like a computer drive at the resurrection? And and I have to think, Mike, I'm personally, I don't think so. Well, I think so. the Bible says no to that question. It yes. doesn't give us a lot of detail, but I think the Bible doesn't picture, as some do, that we're going to somehow, as soon as we die, we become a completely different person than we were and have no identity, and we're just an angel floating around with a harp. And... Uh, so forth. Or we go across the rainbow bridge with our puppy dog and everything is perfect. That, that isn't how the Bible pictures it. I've had people tell me, Gary, if my dog isn't in heaven, I don't want to be there. Wow. 
you know, I mean, okay, I'm not sure what to say to that because the Bible says, you know, you want to get what, <laughs> brace yourself, Gary. The Bible <laughs> says about that in Revelation, about that which was outside of what it pictures in heaven, if it does. It's not very were, pleasant. Well, no, it says there were dogs there. Yeah. That's the one thing it says there were there are dogs. Well, anyway, I know that blew everybody's mind. So, and I love dogs. I got two in the house right now. So don't get all worked up over that. But we have to take a look at what that means. You know, did you know that there's not a, a there's no positive reference to a dog in the Bible? Did and you yet, know that? And yet, like, yeah, mentioned eight and or nine, ten times, but no positive reference. Yet in our literature, he's talked about as man's best friend all the well, time. Well, our society, dogs, are, people say, I'd rather be with my dog than with humans. I got to worry about worry about that. But all I'm saying is, look at what the Bible says for itself. No, don't go and prejudge it based on what you think it ought to be like, and that goes for heaven too. See, and that's the point I was trying to make about. Well, we'll come back to that subject about whether we're going to have any remembrances, even in our new body, about what our life was like here on the earth. The the Bible's clear in Revelation chapter six. If you take it this way, here are. Here are some souls, people that have been killed because they they were stood up for the faith of Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter six in the in the sixth seal. They're under the altar of the uh, mean they've been killed and beheaded, and they're kind of still there where they've been offered up on the altar of their faith. And uh, he tells them just to they're there remembering avenge us they're saying to Jesus avenge us and he says I will avenge you be patient I'll take care of all this now you can say well that's not a picture of the final resting place of heaven I agree with that but here here are beheaded spirits as it were how can that be it's an image it's a picture it's a dream it's, did, it's, did, and here's the did they remember what happened to them on the earth after they were dead one would think they sure did they were talking telling, asking they Jesus wanted to vengeance. avenge it they wanted vengeance. Now, now then, when when uh, are we going to remember things that have happened on the earth, even the unpleasant things? I, I believe we will. My point was that those things on the that on the earth were suffering and unpleasantness and required faith and and brought us pain are going to look different on the other side, because when we overcome those things through faith in Jesus Christ. They take on a whole new meaning. They take on something different than at that time. Well, let me, let, me, let me read to you three points that I came to after I thought about this, after the show, after some of these things came up and this bucket of worms that I stuck my hand into. Points of this. is per, The first point is the one I've already made. We do not know explicitly what our attitudes and thoughts are going to be on the other side of this life. And two, ask the question, is God going to wipe our memories like a computer drive at, at the resurrection? And the answer, I think, is no. Or number three, and this is what I think your point is, Mike, or is he going to give us and show us knowledge and understanding of him that we cannot comprehend at this time that will change our attitudes and thought processes to more conform to his? At that point, some things that make us sad may not matter to us or have the import they do now. It is certainly seems that way with the rich man. And I'd like to go back and read well, it. He, says, he, yeah, he, he changed his attitude. Remember. Yeah. He said, remember, and he changed his attitude. Right. It's obvious that, that his his attitude towards the way he was living was wrong. But he, he was still the same person. But he was still the his same. His identity was still the same. And he Being knew, in torment changed his viewpoint. Right, and he knew and understood what is, that his brothers were living the same way. And he's, he's now made a change that that's wrong. They've got to change. And, and that's where I'm coming from, that, that, that we don't know exactly what's going on, but where our attitudes are going to be changed. And the scriptures point to that. That's my point. The scriptures are pointing to that conclusion. And, you know, we, we can go back and talk about this some more, but that was really my point. And, and, and I confess, I probably failed in that first show of getting it that in, into those words and I apologize for that uh, it's it's like you and I say once once we think about things sometimes sometimes the first way I talk about them is not the best way oh yes I freely admit that's my problem I, I'll say only part of what's there 
and and even like we, we look Gary, when we when any of us talk about precisely what heaven or hell is going to be like we have to always do so with the understanding that we are only reading figurative language and images and we may be missing something or adding to or subtracting from what's there yes and, and we have to do it with that idea in mind and and i I believe that that's what I was trying to do last week. I didn't communicate. But we pointed out some very important scriptures, and that's 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 the method of Bible study that that Mike I've been trying to drive to on this show and in the lessons that I teach here. There is a method to Bible study that includes all the scriptures that point to something. And we not we I've always said if you study the Bible enough, you're going to find something here that you don't like you're going to have to address the fact that you're going to read something that basically a a simple interpretation of it says, I don't like that, and I'm going to have to deal with it. I'm going to have to uh, adopt my point of view to that of God because that's what he's telling me. That's part of the humility he asks for when he says, who who does he live with? He lives with those of the humble and contrite heart to make things right. You need to be willing to change that's the hard part mike and that's the difficult part that we keep pointing to on this show there are changes that are going to need to be made we have a caller gary okay Uh, uh, john are you there yeah you hear me okay i can go ahead yeah i would text you like i normally do when i'm driving okay well please please don't text and drive there's a story where jesus is being tested i forget where it is where they're asking the woman who buried all the brothers, they all died, and whose wife was she, whose wife was she in heaven? Do you remember that story? Yes. I think it's in Matthew 22. I'm going to look it up here in just a minute. Uh, that's the brother that married the, the different... Se- the seven, the seven, seven brothers. Had, who, in, who, in heaven, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? Yes. Yeah, you had the Pharisees who believed in the resurrection. You had the Sadducees there who didn't, and that's why they're sad, you see. That's how I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, so they they were more materialist, and they simply didn't uh, uh, they didn't believe in spiritual things like a resurrection or a resurrected body or heaven or any of that. Uh, I'm not sure how that all fits in. That's at least part of what they believed anyway. What was the reference for that, Mike? That's Matthew 22 is the chapter. Let me get to the beginning. And so uh, verse 23 is the beginning of that. Do you want me to read that, uh, John, or do you want to just make your ask your question or comments? Yeah. Saying that's a that's one of the rare clues where you know I heard Gary say there's not a lot to tell you what it's going to be like later, but it's one of the rare times Jesus they tried to tempt or test him, trap him, and he said you err because you don't understand the scriptures because there were only no such thing as I guess the end what of marriage. And so I was just pointing out that we're not going to really we can't really understand what it's going to be like there, and that's just a rare clue that. Either that we have about how different it's going to be than we think. Yes, yes, that's a good that's a good reference. Um, the verse you're referring to specifically is in verse thirty of Matthew twenty two. If anybody can look this up at home, for in the resurrection they will neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. Now that I take that to mean this, John. You can people can say what they will about it. Maybe I'm wrong. That angels. There, there's no baby angels in the Bible. Angels were simply a created company. They were all, as it were, adults or grown. They were all, the Bible pictures them as men, doesn't even picture female angels. But they, they were not married. They didn't have family structure in heaven per se. Or the angels do not anyway have family structure. For whatever reason, when God made man on the earth, and I think I know the reasons, but he had a reason for creating humans differently. Since they weren't in his presence, he put them on earth, gave them the power to, re, to, to bond together, to reproduce, to raise young, to go through that experience of fatherhood and motherhood and being a child and maturing. He gave them all these experiences that helped them to grow up and mature in the way he wants. He's saying when you go into in the next life, there's no such thing as marriage. That's where, the, for example, the Mormons, I've met Mormons that are, say they have a celestial marriage, they call it. If you get married or have a wedding ceremony in the, 
in the tabernacle out in Utah, you can have a celestial marriage, means you're going to be married for eternity. Well, the Bible here specifically says that that's not going to happen. And, and uh, this, this really illustrates a point I was making last week, Gary, about my handicaps and how I'm not concerned that I get rid of this, what I call now, I call it now a handicap, my bad leg and withered leg. I call it a handicap now. My point is, in heaven, it's going to be different than that. It may still be the same. I don't know. But it's not, I don't have to have two legs, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger before I'm going to be happy in heaven. I don't think God promised me a body like Arnold Schwarzenegger when I go to heaven. And I'll give you, you know, here's my point about this. Now, people get upset and listen to what I'm saying. I've been married to my wife now for 45 plus years. Gary's been married 52 or three years. I don't know how long, something like that. To, to the same woman who we love dearly. They're, they're like a part of us. I can't even imagine what it would be like not to be married to them. I'm going to be totally lost if something ever happens to her. I've made her promise to let me die first. That shouldn't be a hard promise to keep. But anyway. Well, well I, I said there, there are things here that you may not like. I cannot see right now how I would like not being married to Sharon. Eternity. Well, heaven, that'd be great. It's going to be even better in heaven. We're going to be married. No, the Bible says she will not be my wife in heaven. But here's what I do know about that, Gary. And that used to bother me. I have to tell you, it used to bother me. Now, I think I understand better that whatever God has promised me is going to be so much better than I can imagine that that doesn't trouble me anymore. For one thing, he has not told me he's going to wipe out the memory of my life on this earth with her. Okay, he's never said anything like that. And she has helped me to go to heaven if I ever get there. It'll be because she helped me get there. But we won't be in the same relationship as we are here. My point is, oh, that's a terrible thing. No, it will be better. I don't see how, but it will be better. Do you, is that what you think, Gary? Yes, and, and basically... That's a good point of what I'm trying to say about these handicaps. what I was trying stuff. to say earlier. The things that are better. important to us now are probably not going to be important to us then. We're, we're going to see them in a different light, in a spiritual light, in a better light. And, and, and the thing about handicaps and difficulties... It's things that you've overcome. Now, there will be people who will be in heaven who have had a terrible marriage and that were bound to a partner that mistreated them and didn't love them, and it was a burden their whole life. I don't know that they'll forget about that. I think that that will be something that they will be rewarded for, as it were. It'll be part of their joy in heaven, that they were faithful even unto death, as it were. And well, kept it, their it, word. I it, believe that that's something that's positive. It becomes a badge understand. of honor, like I think Je- you, we talked about Jesus and the crucifixion and him showing Thomas the, the marks of the crucifixion. The crucifixion couldn't possibly have been a pleasant experience for him. And yet later on, when he presented it to Thomas, it was what? It was a badge of honor that he turned into something that was a victory and a glory. Uh-huh. And, and and that's that's something that he now has a different view of it than what he did as as a as a man. Okay, I can I think that's probably a, a fair conclusion. And th- all these things point out something about studying the Bible that that I want to get across to everyone who's listening. Go on to verse thirty-two and look how carefully you have to look at it. Look at what Jesus says in verse thirty-two about the resurrection. They should have understood what he told them from verse thirty-two. He says, "I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living." The entire interpretation of that and the fact that comes from the simple tense of that verb, "I am." That, that makes all the difference in the way that you interpret it, which means to me we have to be very careful with Scripture. Exactly. Now, uh, John, are you still there? Do you want to add any more to this? No, I was just saying there's only a few places where you get clues. One, I think one other place Jesus said something about in my father's house are many mansions, and I go there to prepare a place for you. Well, I think people want that to literally, you know, Oh, when I die, I'm gonna have my own, you know, mansion, McMansion, you know, with golden street, 
Yeah, John 14, 1, yes. The, yeah, the word there is dwelling place or home. You know the funny thing about that word mansion, that you mentioned this, many commentators and Greek people that know the Greek say the word doesn't mean mansion. That's a, it, it maybe it did in 1611, a manse was a place. It really has more of a picture of an, a condominium or an apartment complex. In my father's house are many compartments or apartments is the idea. And we got it down to a mansion on a hilltop in our some of our songs. Now, I don't care about that. I, it doesn't matter. I don't know what image you may have of that. But all I know is he's trying to tell you. Another the reason. main thing is you're going to be with me and everything is going to be fine. Don't forget that. That's the point he's making in John 14. I'm going to go prepare this place. It's not going to be accidental that you get there. And I know you're coming, and I'm going to have a place just for you in heaven. So I'm happy with that. I can live with that. Anything else, John? No, that's about it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk to you guys later. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right, thank you very much for calling. I appreciate it. Now, we got a text that, that, go, that comes with this. But before we get to the text... I want to make another comparison because I don't think I'm making my point. People, people are once I think people are trying to take these things too literally when what we're looking at is images and ideas. Yeah, and, I, and, I've often and compared. That's one of the really basic difficulties with the Bible in a lot of places is it's it's not talking as literally as we normally think. Now, do I, now I believe in heaven and hell are actual places. Don't misunderstand when I say literally. But I'm talking about we're trying to make them earthly instead of not earthly. But anyway, let me give you my, my, another illustration of this. I think the difference between me and now and me in heaven is going to be the difference between me in my mother's womb and me born as a human being living in this world. I was, a human, I was the same person I am now in my mother's womb. And I had experience. We now know that babies have memories of the womb experiences they react to things they recognize their parents voices there's even evidence gary pretty good evidence that babies come out of the womb recognizing their parents faces i don't know how that happens but they respond to their parents pictures more so than do other people's pictures when they're first born how that happens i don't know the answer to that no no does anybody else but imagine telling a baby in the womb now do you realize in, in a very short time here you're not going to be in this womb anymore. It's going to be different than this. You're still going to be you, but you're going to be completely different than you are now in a different way. Oh, not different that you won't have five arms instead of two arms, but you're going to be different, and the world's going to be different. Oh, no, I don't want that. I could, baby says, I could never be happy. You mean I'm not going to be surrounded by my mother's body? I can't stand. I can't accept that. You mean to tell me I'm not going to be in this nice, warm fluid, keeping me warm and safe? I can't. I can't believe it. How it's horrible. I could never enjoy that. Uh, do, do you think babies would really think that? Well, maybe they would, but they wouldn't be correct in thinking that because the world they're living in, even though they're the same person, is going to be changed, but not altogether changed. That there's something different. Now that's a that's an analogy. Okay. I'm not talking about reincarnation or anything like that. It's an analogy to understand the difference between how we view things now and how we might view the same things in another life. They're going to be different because our circumstance will be different, and we just have to trust God that it's going to be good instead of prejudging how God has to do it. Now, here's a text we got, which is a, a good one. Let me see if I, it's long. Let me read this, Gary. Okay, go ahead. It came on my phone. Last Sunday, you said we will have memories of earthly things in heaven. Well, I believe that's true from Luke 16, okay? And, uh, and, the, and I mentioned also Revelation 6 today, where the souls are at the altar, remembered things happening on the earth. We see Elijah and Moses with Jesus in heaven. I mean, they came back from what we would call heaven or the other, other side of life anyway, back with Jesus. They were talking and uh, they were apparently conversing about things that happened here on the earth. Uh, he says, so he says, but uh, you also said that we will have our same bodies in heaven. Well, I didn't say that exactly. What I said is we'll have the same body, but it will be cha a changed body. It will be the same body, 
but converted from a physical body to a spiritual body in heaven. Okay? Well, it, it, it implies in, now, in some passages that we will have some aspects of our body will be like his after the resurrection. I can't say that that all or everything would be, but there appears to be some parallels between Christ's body after his resurrection and what we well, will be. It is, and, and there were times when the disciples did not recognize Jesus after his resurrection, but you know those times... It almost specifically says there, he hid himself from them. Or they didn't recognize they, him. Well, they didn't recognize him because he hid himself yeah. who he was. But then when he revealed himself, they knew exactly who he was because he was the same person. It looked like the same person he did on there. Now, was he exactly the same? No. But he was enough that he could recognize who it was. They could, and he was even able to show Thomas the scars in his hands. And the disciples saw these things too. The scars in his hands, the wounds in his side, they knew who he was by the wounds he had, which he got while he was on the earth suffering in agony. He had these things after he had been transformed and resurrected. He had these things. Now, John says, um, and this passage, you might say, cuts both ways, but I want you to think about this. This is really part of what I'm thinking here in 1 John chapter 3. In verse 2, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, be. But we know that when he is revealed, that is, from heaven the second time, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So we're going to see him as he is, and we'll be like him. Now, I take, I take that to mean that our bodies will be changed like him. When you go to Philippians uh, chapter 3. Yeah, that's the one. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 20. Yes. says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So we're, our bodies are going to be like Christ's body. So when I read how his body was after the resurrection, I don't have a 100% picture, and that's why I'm trying to tell you I'm not trying to teach this is the way it has to be. I'm trying to talk about how to look at these passages. But that's why I say I can look at what his body was like after the resurrection. I can get some idea what our bodies are going to be like, and I see what on the earth might be imperfections or wounds that will not be considered wounds in heaven. That's all I'm saying. Maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's not like that. Uh, but it brings up a whole other subject we're going to get to in a moment. But I know that we're going to be like him and that our body's going to be conformed to his glorious body. And we don't know all the details of what his body was like or all the details of how much no. or maybe not or we maybe not know. as much that we'll be like him. It's just that what I read from the scriptures tells me that in some aspects important points we are going to be like him maybe not maybe not even all well the other big error that people have taught as christians is that we're going to be spirits in heaven and spirits only we're just floating around with no bodies at all no our body will come out of the tombs jesus says in john 5 28 i will they'll hear my voice and come forth from the tombs to a resurrection of life or a resurrection of condemnation the body that went in the tomb is going to come out of the tomb what which which uh what body came out of jesus tomb the same body that went in his tomb. If it wasn't the same body that went in, where's the body that went in? It was only three days. It didn't decay. And and nobody could find that so, one. So the same body that came out of Jesus' tomb was the same body that went in Jesus' tomb, and yet it was changed. And that's all I'm saying about our That's what 1 Corinthians 15 says, that when we die, if we're alive when Christ comes, we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Okay, and uh, into something, in, in our bodies will be changed to be like his. If not, when we're resurrected, our bodies will be changed to be like his body. It'll be the same body, only now a spiritual body, not a physical body. And I have to tell you, I'm not sure what all that means, nor, nor do you. Okay, and but what, what I'm saying, what we're saying here is we don't know all of this. Ours is, is a system of faith in God that he teaches well, us that this is a wonderful and desirable thing that's going to happen to us. And basically, Mike, I personally accept that as a basic truth 
even though my understanding of it is incomplete. Right. Now, let's go back to the text here, Gary. He says that you, you said that heaven in heaven we will have the same bodies, and you back these statements up with the account of the rich man being tormented in hell. Now, he says, I see no connection. All right. Well, here's, I, I, don't think, I don't think that's the right connection that I made. What, I, what Gary and I were saying, I, I don't want to blame Gary for all this either because a lot of this is my ideas. I'm not going to put Gary, he can speak for himself. What I was saying, and I think he used the same scripture to say this, is that the account in Luke 16 of the rich man and Lazarus, uh, whether it's a parable or not, I don't think it was a parable, but even if it was a parable, it doesn't teach something that's wrong. It pictured a man who is now dead, his spirit being in torment in, in Hades. And Abraham says to him, son, remember how things were in this past life. And he does remember because he tells Abraham, I've got five brothers there that, live, that are living now the same way I'm living. I lived, and I want you to go back and tell them. So this man knew what his life was like. Now here's the caveats with that. And he also, I want to point out, Mike, and then maybe this is he the wrong time to go there. <laughs> yeah, but he changed his mind about how he was living. Yes. There was a change. He realized it was wrong. There was a change in his attitude that occurred. He did not see the same things as being important as he did before. So, yes. And so we may not see the same things as important or the same way after death that we do now. That's what exactly, exactly, exactly. My point with that passage is we don't take from the passage that his body was the same, not from that particular well, his, passage. His body's not discussed. His body's still on the ground. Yeah, it's not this discussed, right. This is before the resurrection. But what it does say is he, one, he remembers. And the combination of that memory and the new things that he knows now changed his attitude. And that's what I'm saying is going to happen when we pass over. Yeah, I believe that's absolute truth. Yeah, a lot of things I'm going to change my opinion about, of course. Now, the other thing about this passage is, well, you could say, well, that's because he's lost and he, he remembers this world and, and that's part of the torment of it. I got that point. Okay, I would now, like to say something else about that. It says, as Lazarus is being comforted, now, comforted from what? If Lazarus doesn't if he, if he remember. If memory wiped clean, why does he need comfort? Why does he need, why is he, how could he be comforted if he doesn't remember discomfort? And that's another point I want to make. Now, now once again, you can say, well, that's just the way the language is. I know. And that's the problem we're having with communicating about this kind of world that, that we that don't doesn't know. exist, we don't How, understand. It's the same thing. How do you so explain to an infant that's never, be, never been born what this world that he's going to come into is going to be like? You wouldn't understand a lot of it if you tried. Now, so, so this fellow goes on. And, and so I wasn't, talk, I wasn't using Lazarus to say we're going to get a new body. I was using Lazarus and the rich man to say that we have consciousness after death and um, that we are, we're going to look at things differently and we are going to remember because we're not going to just be some kind of disembodied spirit floating around with no memory of anything that happens up there. Now, when now, we get to the body aspect of it, go to John 20 when he talks to, to Thomas and shows him the things in his body that were the same after the resurrection as as it was before at the crucifixion, you have to realize that these are pointing to truth. I believe this is a truth. But Jesus turned it into victory and glory and convinced Thomas of what happened. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't victory over Satan that my body yeah. you can't kill my body. You can only, I can get it changed in something better than you can just, you can't destroy. Right. Now, and, now and the other side of this coin though, Gary is Jesus ate fish. We're going to have fish and chips in heaven. You know, I, I can't explain everything about that. Well, I, I kind of hope okay. so, but <laughs> I do. I can't explain about that, you know, but, but here's what the text goes on to say. Revelation 7:17 reads that there will be no more tears and tears are reserved of hurtful or horrible experiences and the memories of them are, of those tears are for here not heaven. Revelation 2:21:5 reads all things have been made new. How can a man with no legs have that same body in heaven and so forth. Now I'll go and read the rest of that text in a moment. All right. Revelation 7:17 I'm not sure it says there's no tears. It says that the lamb who is in the middle of the throne in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now the question about that verse, not to quibble, but the question is, is he, is he comforting them, wiping away tears or are there no tears? We have a song we sing here, No Tears in Heaven. I've been looking for that passage. But, but the point about the tears here is 
doesn't matter if there's tears or not. They don't matter anymore. The things of the earth don't affect them the same way because God is bringing comfort to these people. And this is probably symbolic language for that exact idea. And the hurtful, horrible, hurtful experience of the earth, my point is, for some, here's the thing, for some people who have hurtful, horrible experiences on earth and they refuse to obey the Lord, all they continue to receive are those hurtful and horrible experiences. I preached a sermon not long ago that if you're a Christian, this is as bad as it gets. If you're a Christian, the things of this life that I've experienced are as bad as it's ever going to be for me. That's a, that's a profound thought, isn't it? Yes. That, but to the ungodly and to the unbeliever, it's only going things to get, are going to get worse. You think he was suffering from cancer and now all of his pain is over. I hate to tell you. If he's an if he is an unbeliever, that's not what the Bible says. That's the Bible the, says his suffering is just beginning. That's because why he's separated from God. Mike, to me, that's why suicide is such an insane it's idea. Talk about it's it's a horrible thing because you think you're getting out of something and you're actually getting into something that's probably much much worse. So there's this whole yeah that's exactly right and so there's this. Yes, I agree that the horrible and hurtful experiences of the earth and, and the tears are going to be taken care of, wiped away in heaven. That doesn't mean that, and he goes on to talk about, um, so how can a man with no legs have the same body in heaven? Well, how can an infant be a grown man in heaven? How can someone that's blown to bits have a new body in heaven? Or someone that's been eaten by sharks and atoms are scattered everywhere or turned into dust? Well, the, the, you know, if God can raise the dead, he can raise the dead however he chooses to raise them. It just says they're going to have that same body. Here's a person in a wheelchair in heaven. I, I don't know if we're going to need wheelchairs in heaven. I'm talking about the suffering of the body. I, I'm not. You're trying to picture it way, way too literally. Gary at home, I, just, I know this won't help anybody. He doesn't already understand what I'm saying. Well, let, let me say uh, something about the book of Revelation first. It is, it is a book of symbols. You, you, to, take, to take anything in the book of Revelation as absolute literal is, is walking on thin ice. It, it's just so full of symbols and symbolic in the way that we, it's used. And you have to look to other parts of the scripture to understand those symbols. That you have to be so careful that idea of no tears in heaven is just a way of saying, basically, we're going to have our attitudes changed. Things are not going to be important. We're, we're not going to have the same kind of sadness approach to things that, that we do here. It's not that there's not going to literally be any tears. It, it's just be careful with that. I'm going to say something else about that. What, how is Jesus pictured in heaven in symbolic language? He's pictured as a lamb that was slain. We're we're gonna we're gonna impossible figure. Yeah, it's it's just an impossible figure, but he's still it's a lamb that was slain. He's standing, a lamb slain that was standing on Mount Zion. That's what yeah, the picture yeah. is. He's he's a lot he's it's, walking around slain. I mean it really it, to me it really fits with what he what he presented to Thomas. You know, and I guess I, I'm never gonna make this point clear enough, probably. At home I have Somewhere in my stuff. Well, when I was a boy, Gary. Uh, well, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, Go no, back. No, that's to okay. Head. When I was a boy, I had to have surgery because of my cerebral palsy on my lower leg to straighten it out, and it was all twisted. And so they drilled holes through both bones in my legs and put steel, a quarter-inch steel rods through them, maybe a little bit less than a quarter-inch steel rod through aluminum, I guess they were. And they broke, cut my leg in half. They drilled and broke it with a hammer, broke my bones, twisted my legs straight push it together, put the cast on there, and I spent about a year in a cast. You know what I have? I still have those pins. They call them pins. When they cut them off my cast, I watched them twist them and pull them through my bones, felt the cold air go right through my bones, through my leg on both of them. And I still have those things at home somewhere. Now, if you looked at me, if you watch people say to me now, they watch me walk around, well, and they say, well, I never know that you used to be in a wheelchair when you were a kid or you used to have crutches or you I would never know that. Well, you know that makes me feel that makes me feel odd. 
because that's such an integral part of my old, whole experience that I still visualize myself kind of that way a little bit. They say we don't notice that. But you know what, you know what those rods represent to me, Gary? Now, not then. Back then they were pain. They were humiliation. They were embarrassment. They were what kept me from being normal. Now they represent a victory. I, I don't need them. I'm, I'm far past all of that. I don't need them. They're, they're, a, they're a relic. I still have them, though, but they're a relic. And they, re, they actually almost bring a smile to my face to partly because I've overcome all of that. And, and Mike, that's, is that, uh, is that a, that's a small little – I can't me express that, it properly. It, it, no, to me that is exactly the picture that Jesus was pointing to Thomas when he said, look at these scars. Look at the wound in my side. What about a person who's ashamed of their skin color or their eye color and wants to have blonde hair? Uh, am, I, am I supposed to tell them, well, you know, heaven is a place where if you, if you want blonde hair, you'll get blonde hair. If you want blue eyes, you'll get blue eyes. If you want dark skin, you'll get dark skin. You know, heaven is just a place where you get whatever you want. The Bible doesn't say heaven's a place where you get whatever you want. The Bible's a place where because you want God, what you get is what's good. It, and what's better, see, it's better than what you want. I, that's the point you were trying to make earlier. Yes. Heaven is better than what you think you want. So anyway, that, that's the point I'm making. And, and here's the main thing about all of this stuff I'm saying about this. I can't prove, never tried to last week. I just tried to give you some reasons why I think this and talking about heaven as to why people misunderstand the figurative language and that there's different ways to look at the figurative language. But... Even this idea of no tears in heaven. I, I, maybe I'm missing the verse, and I probably am. Hope you'll, somebody will text it in to me. But I, I want you to see there's even different ways of looking at that and seeing that heaven is going to be different. We need a little bit more mature, ask, mature understanding of it rather than the idea that, well, heaven's a place where I get whatever I want. And um, I know that our earthly limitations will be moved. The reason, that, the reason that my bad legs, Gary, limit me on earth is because of a mean old thing called gravity. Okay? Gravity messes everything up if you've got bad legs and if you're uncoordinated. And, and I don't know we're going to have gravity in heaven per se. I don't think it's a physical force like we have. That's all going to be gone. So none of the things that matter. The reason that if you're blind, the reason that it's a problem to you on earth is because you're dependent on physical light waves entering the optic nerve and being translated by your brain in some image. Is there physical light in heaven? No, the Son of God is the light, right? So, Well, and again, that's symbolic language. Symbolic language. We don't know exactly what the manifestation of that's going to be. Yeah. The reason my hear, if I'm deaf, I have, hearing, I have hearing loss. The reason that's a problem on earth is because my ears can't interpret the vibrations of air waves. There's none of that in heaven. So all the, the eyes, the ears, the legs, all these have a different meaning in heaven. That's all I'm trying to say. So in any event, we've got a couple other texts here. Uh, it's all blowing up here. Well, the real point that I, I was trying to make when I started all this, talking about basically about this, the televangelist, is look at all the passages this is a way that you must study the Bible. You cannot ignore some passage. You have to look carefully at what they're telling you and what they're not telling you. For instance, the, the rich man in Lazarus is not telling us about the body, but is telling us about a memory and an attitude change. It is telling us about yes, that. And it's, a, and it's a warning about judgment. But there's and, 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 and a warning about that is his truth about his own, about his... Uh, future recognition. The, the other thing Gary this brings up, we didn't get to this, I thought about it last week after we hung up, is whether we're going to recognize each other in heaven. Some yeah. people say, oh no, we're not going to know anybody because we might remember someone who was bad or we might remember that my husband was a sinner and he's not here. Well, I, I can say from what I understand that that's not the case. We are going to recognize people. We are going to have knowledge and remembrance of things that we might here on earth think were make us very sad, but we're going to have a different attitude towards those people well, and like things. I, like I said last week, when we get to heaven, and we're in the actual literal presence of literal justice. I think when it says God is love, it doesn't mean God is loving. It means God is love. Like I, you know, it's am. It's the, it's the present tense. It indicates being. 
He is also justice and mercy and grace and righteousness and all those things in their actual form. We're only experiencing some minor forms of that here on the earth. But when we are experiencing, this is why when people come near anywhere near the presence of God in the Bible, most of them they fall down as if they're dead, it says. And when even on the boat, when Jesus did the miracle and Peter realized what he had seen, he fell down and begged Jesus to leave. Please go away. I'm a sinful man. Don't be near me. Because it was too painful for him to see some reality of what God is like. And from time to time, that would show through in, in places like when they wanted to stone him and he just walked through the crowd. Yes. The, the other place that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of is in the garden when they came to take him and he identified himself they and, backwards, and they, they fell backwards. They f- literally fell on the ground right? because something of his true nature came through even at that point. And, and we don't understand exactly what that is. We're not told exactly what that is. But again, I, I keep saying our system is a system of faith. I believe what God tells me is true. And to yeah. some degree, that's the way he wants it on this side. Right. By the way, John must have got where he was going because he texted me and said, you should weld those rods into a cross and hang it in your study. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the worst idea I've heard, although I don't put crosses up. <laughs> but uh, I think you're getting the point. The, those, Listen, Gary, I have to tell you, my handicaps as a child and feeling... Uh, like a freak, pushed me away from God for a while. Pushed me away because it created anger and disillusionment and a lot of other stuff. It forced me over, but over time, it forced me to deal on some level with my pride. And now those things have become something that is different. They become what draws me to God not what pushes me away. It's the same experience viewed differently. And see, I, I, I've experienced something a little bit different in my younger years growing up. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Mike. I was indifferent to God. I was totally indifferent. And then at, at a point in my life, and he blessed me regardless of that. He blessed me with things and, and things that I wanted to do. He gave me certain things. And yet, and, and at some point in time, I begin to realize, basically, he's blessing me. Why is he doing this? And that's what began to draw me to the to Scripture and to the Bible. So, well, that's a, he blessed me in a different way, but I got you what you said. So it's different ways, different things for different people. You know, I will say this because we're going to have to wrap this up in a second. Yeah, we're getting but running out of time. If you would like to read something challenging on heaven, Read C.S. Lewis. You know I was going to say C.S. Lewis. Yes, right. Read C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce. Uh, it's a challenging book about heaven. And it will it deals with some of these scriptures in a different way than perhaps you've thought about them. But uh, I don't, you know, if, if we're worried about whether we're not going to have a perfect leg in heaven, what about people that were born with no legs? You know, I mean, the whole thing... I understand I can't take it all strictly, literally in every case, and you may have to still struggle with your own own um, handicaps, your own weaknesses. But understand that heaven is not what you think it is. It's different than what you think it is and, and, in that regard. And that sometimes, the, I'm just trying to make the point, the things that you struggle with here on earth, God will, as, as if I can use this word, sanctify them to you and make them something that becomes a strength to you in this life and perhaps in the next life. That's all I'm trying to say. But I appreciate these folks that tuned it, called in, and especially if you don't agree, appreciate you for calling up. I think we should do some more of this next week, Gary, perhaps. There's, you have a lot more material here that you haven't even got to. Yeah, we, we didn't even get to all of it. I got sidetracked again. So, well, especially, especially when we start to have to deal with sim- the symbolic nature of Scripture Boy, be careful of the book of Revelation. I'm going to tell you, be really careful with making Some any of, of that literature. aren't even talking about heaven, per se. Exactly. Well, we're, we're going to have to run today. We appreciate everybody everybody listening. Take a, take a look at our website, wearejustchristians.com, and come and visit us, 2196 Southwest Savona Boulevard here in Port St. Lucie, 2196 Southwest Savona Boulevard, and we'd be glad to have you at 10 
and 11 o'clock this morning for our worship services. Thank you very much.